travellers, and welcome to our slightly delayed podcast number 83 with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. There are places I'll remember all my life, though some have changed, some forever, not for better. Some have gone and some remain. Yes, we are going to travel with the Beatles today from Liverpool to India to Gibraltar. Rock and a roll, of course. (laughs) But first, responses to recent podcasts. Should we visit countries with oppressive regimes? This was a question we asked in our most recent podcast. It was easy to ask, but a lot more complicated to answer. Luckily, we were helped out by Dr. Emily Thomas, a philosopher from Durham University. Several listeners, amongst them Danny Bates, uh, kindly tweeted their own enjoyment of the show. And this is how Mark Patel responded to our chat. Interesting discussion. I've been to many countries which somebody somewhere probably wants to boycott. All of this gets a bit too subjective. I'm definitely in the go camp to foster two-way contact, cultural exchange and learning with the plus of putting money into locals' pockets. And here's a point from Mike Lee. All the governments of the world are repressive. It's human nature. Just look at what Britain has done to the Chagos or Chagos Island. Yet people still visit the UK. And this is a reference to what happened, what, half a century ago in the Indian Ocean uh, Islands when they were effectively removed to allow the Americans to build a military base there. And Michael makes three interesting points, or rather two interesting points, and one which is slightly beyond my my, my uh, intellectual reach. So he says, at the individual level, does it matter who's visiting? Is a visit by a philosopher from Durham University the same as that of a plumber from Cairns? And I don't know about you, Mick, I'd say, yes, it is. And a travel writer from Waterloo, I suppose. Um, he also says, I'd separate the societal from the individual and visiting from receiving visitors. And he wonders, should people from a repressive regime be issued visas to see St. Paul's or the Great Barrier Reef? And in a sense, that kind of sanction against people who are running or closely involved in regi- uh, repressive regimes is already happening because you, if, if, if you're uh, high up in some um, uh, a ghastly republic, you're probably not going to be able to get a... Um, visa for the UK or Australia. Um, He also says it's a shame that cost-benefit analysis isn't an implementation of an ethical theory, which I don't quite uh, fathom. I imagine it's uh, where where you are deciding whether you can put a financial value on um, uh, the importance of uh, avoiding encouraging um, uh, human rights offences. But I don't know. What do you think, Mick? Mm, I'm going to uh, chicken out and ask Michael to get back in touch if uh, he, he'd like to continue the discussion of the uh, cost-benefit analysis. Um, this is our regular contributor, Rebecca, um, uh, telling us t- a tale from Thailand and picking up the thread of holiday stings. My tale of jellyfish. When we were in Koh Samui, we spent a day on a boat trip around other nearby islands. Part of the trip involved our first experience of snorkelling, which Mick, you and I know to be a wonderful occupation. On entering the water, I wondered why my skin was stinging. Meanwhile, one of the guys on the boat was saying something that sounded like mangrapoon, mangrapoon, which we subsequently learnt meant jellyfish. Now, Mick, this raises a very important point, which is that traditionally, of course, um, the 
British approach to learning foreign languages is basically, well, two beers, please. And if possible, also um, adding, if it's not too complicated, my friend is paying. Um, but it suggests that actually there's more valuable vocabulary to um, to master. Well, maybe that if you're going to um, certain usually warmer oceans, uh, it's a good idea to learn the local word for, um, I hadn't thought of this before, for jellyfish or even shark. Oh. Um, I must confess, I didn't know mangrapoon, um, but I do know meduse and medusa, which are the French and Spanish for oh. jellyfish, which is possibly useful. Yes, as are, of course, the um, written words for push and pull, so you don't look a complete idiot when you're trying to get through a door. <laughs> but you know, Simon, um, Rebecca's tale makes me wonder whether we shouldn't actually devote a, uh, a future edition of You Should Have Been There to the topic of holiday stings in the sense of those um, forever creative ways in which um, some uh, uh, local operators will try and uh, remove you from your money. Yes, very good idea. We'd love to hear your suggestions. Best way to get in touch is simply to tweet at you should have BT. And also, if there's any particular words or phrases that you think should be in a top 10 of those worth learning, um, which might be two beers, which might be um, jellyfish, um, who knows what they might be. We are very keen to hear about it. But let's get on to the Beatles. Um, the, Of course, the greatest uh, band that ever lived. And there's some very obvious places to go, I guess, starting with their homeland and um, their hometown of Liverpool, where you fly into Liverpool John Lennon Airport, um, which has a slogan, Above Us Only Sky. Um, But then you're going to be very quickly going into uh, the heart of the city and probably to the Cavern Club. Now, this is the um, where, where the Beatles actually began and cut their musical teeth was in a basement on a warehouse on the site. Um, now, the, the stuff on the top has long since gone. The cavern was filled in for a while, but it's almost been kind of excavated and actually is a really worthwhile location. Um, they will very often have um, uh, Beatles tribute bands there. When I was there, there was the Indonesian Beat Club. Uh, and they've also kind of tell the, tell the tale. Um, on the waterfront... There's a kind of well. There's a, 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 there are four statues of um, of the Beatles. Um, not actually, I think, as good as the um, the the, the uh, relief that you can find in um, Varadero. Would you believe in Cuba, where there's a Beatles cafe where they've um, they've actually done them rather better. But what Varadero doesn't have is the fantastic magical mystery bus uh, uh, tour on a a coach it used to be a really kind of vintage 1960s coach it's not it's a bit more modern but 20 quid two hours and that will take you around the places that they were born and brought up it will take you past strawberry fields down penny lane and strongly to be recommended um there's a museum isn't there as well oh yes there's there's, there's a very very good museum um which uh 
again, tells you everything you need to know. And it's so interesting the way that Liverpool, well, up until the COVID pandemic, where the UK government decided it actually didn't want any foreign tourists, thank you. Um, I would say probably 50% of Liverpool's visits um, were due to the Beatles, which... <laughs> Given that it's now over half a century since they last released an album, um, it is uh, is pretty good going. Um, and that uh, album, depending on how you count it, was Let It Be or, I think, um, uh, Abbey Road. And, of course, this takes us straight down to the uh, part of London, which is only a, a seven-minute walk, can you believe, from St John's Wood Underground Station on the Jubilee Line. You just walk down to the uh, crossing where that photograph was taken, uh, where you've got John, Ringo, Paul and George walking across the zebra crossing. It's become, I think, a really important uh, work of art, um, visually, as well, of course, as, um, well, some would say their greatest album, but uh, I think that's, that's an entirely new new podcast. And I love going down there from time to time because it is such a shrine at the moment. What are we, 50 years after the release of All Things Must Pass? It's a shrine to George, and you've got the original Abbey Road Studios. If you're looking at an image of the uh, of, of the album cover or you've got your own out of your record collection uh then the studios are just down to the left they're the, the, the a fairly low white wall um it's the uh that borders the studios um and i've checked there isn't unfortunately a uh, a volkswagen beetle parked there quite badly on the curb anymore. <laughs> well i've got a traffic related question about this which is um is it possible uh, to drive up or down uh, Abbey Road um, without being stuck in an endless um, tailback because of um, uh, pilgrims, shall we say, um, uh, recreating the cover of uh, Abbey Road. So is... constantly um, crossing and recrossing the, no. the, the cross. I, absolutely not, I dare say. And, and the best way to see it actually is from the top deck of the um, 139 bus. Uh, and I think at the time that the photo session took place for a, uh, for a while, was it Ian McMillan, the photographer, that he, he put a stepladder up in the middle of the road. And um, I, I think uh, passengers on a 139 bus were slightly inconvenienced, although personally, if I'd been on the top deck, I would have put up with the wait to uh, to see that momentous event. Uh, but no, it's completely impossible from dawn till dusk. There are people there. And it just reminds you of the the, the, the way that the... Beatles bind us all together, or at least it will do when we are prepared to let uh, uh, let let tourists in. But you've got another interesting location where I know for a fact the Beatles never ever went. That is certainly true, and I have to admit, first of all, that I have woefully uh, neglected my um, uh, my pilgrimage to uh, Beatles sites. I haven't even. Um, crossed the uh the zebra crossing in abbey road uh but i would i have been to and i would like to go again to the british library uh, mm. near st pancras uh, railway station um because i hadn't realized uh, until we started um, 
preparing well, that's in inverted commas with quite a lot of exclamation marks for this podcast and uh, I realize there's a gallery there with some really interesting Beatles memorabilia including uh, some first drafts of the song in my life which I think you uh, introduced oh, yeah. the podcast with which I think is an absolutely uh, lovely song, but uh, you can see the original version penned by John Lennon, which was actually based on a uh, bus journey which he took frequently through Liverpool and includes references to places that uh, appeared in other songs, viz uh, Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields, all in a kind of very good uh, sort of doctorly hand which is very hard to read so um anyway I, that, that, that i would like to go there and have a look at that um but definitely my top attraction would be the place where the lads studied albeit briefly mm-hmm. i think a transcendental meditation Ooh. in 1968 uh, yes. do you remember those uh, those i could say heady days but um uh, and um uh, in fact this ashram which they went to was in a very very nice place indeed um, and you can visit it um in the rajaji national park in um, in the uh, the foothills of the Himalayas in I think it's northeastern uh, India where the river Ganges flows quietly and uh, the rainforest shelters all kinds of splendid animals including tigers and uh, and wild elephants uh, and lots of amazing birds so I would probably miss out on the ashram experience but get my spiritual um uh, hit from uh, from the surrounding countryside. It is an absolutely gorgeous part of the world, uh, North India, and I can't wait to return there. But you've been watching the river flow somewhere slightly closer, and yet with a Beatles connection. Yeah, I've actually been away from Streatham, uh, only two hours drive away, in a very, very tranquil spot in East Sussex. The uh, river in question was not the Ganges, but the Breed, um, with swans and uh, kingfishers, although actually we didn't see the kingfishers this time. Um, And the animals were not at all wild. They were nearly all sheep. When Simon suggested that we do a podcast devoted to the um, places recalled by Beatles songs, I didn't think I'd have very much to contribute because uh, I spent very little time in Liverpool in my life and I can't ever recall actually um, crossing the famous uh, pedestrian crossing in Abbey Road. However, quite by chance, here I am on a very pleasant walk in East Sussex standing outside a windmill and this windmill is supposed to be owned by Sir Paul McCartney and in it there is a recording studio. I don't know any more than that but I can say that the view from here is absolutely brilliant right down to the sea uh, at uh, Winchelsea, Winchelsea Beach and uh, I would say I could see for miles and miles, but I've got a feeling that's the wrong band. There are a couple of whitewashed cottages in the foreground, and other than that, it's all fields. We've crossed fields of of sunflowers, well, with some rows of sunflowers, and also a couple of vineyards, which makes you wonder whether you are actually in the UK. Well, we're definitely in Sussex, uh, and it's a beautiful 
late summer's day. There have been swallows lining up on the uh, telegraph wires, getting ready for their, their great journey, their great migration south. But I'm standing around hoping that uh, Sir Paul will turn up and invite me in for a cup of tea, but I'm not sure there's anyone here. Very atmospheric, Mick, but you didn't meet the great man then. Well, if I can yeah, give you a bit of a Paul McCartney mention, uh, of course, um, he, after he left the Beatles, he did went off on his highly successful solo career, which included, I think, 1977 Christmas, Mull of Kintyre, Oh, Mist Rolling In From The Sea. My desire is always to be here, Oh, Mull of Kintyre. Um, but that is, of course, the southern tip of the Argyle Peninsula, in Scotland and it's a remarkable location because you can you're actually almost close enough to Northern Ireland to, to touch but the nearest town is Campbelltown and my claim to fame is that my friend Margaret used to work in a cheese shop and one day Paul McCartney came in and bought some cheese there we are if you've got a better um, Beatles claim to fame than that please let us know that the should we go on a little tour through Beatles lyrics all right, can I start then, seeing as I, I know fewer than you? But um, now, Strawberry Fields, I'm a bit confused about because I'm absolutely sure it's in Liverpool, but it now seems to be in New York as well. Strawberry Fields, well, actually, the name is Strawberry Field, was a Salvation Army children's home. And that still exists, or you can still see the... Uh, that the, the original site of, of where it was on the Magical Mystery Tour bus ride. Um, but there's also been since, well, uh, just after uh, John Lennon was murdered in New York in 1980, shortly after that, Strawberry Fields opened in uh, Central Park in the US. He was shot in the Dakota Apartments, which is a, a very striking building just next to uh, Central Park. Um, and then they have opened a gardens, which is very, very uh, popular um, between 71st and 74th Street on the western side of Central Park. And at the centre, there is a mosaic with the word imagine, which obviously was John Lennon's song, not the Beatles. Well, here's another destination. Uh, now, can you remember where this is? There's a fog upon L.A., and my friends have lost their way. Uh, yes, that is Mick from Blue Jay Way, uh, named after a, a street in the Hollywood Hills. And I'm going to tell you that it's from the EP of Magical Mystery Tour, which includes as a cover um, the Beatles looking strangely like alpacas, which, of course, have been in the news. But enough of, of, of that. Um, no, well, God, top marks for um, for. for topical references there <laughs> and uh, uh and finally that that particular song which i rather like um which is i think a george harrison uh number uh is was generally rather panned as being utterly tedious and boring but uh, i i think it's rather good well I it, think it it sums up well it sums up a very frequent travel situation which is waiting for friends to um turn up waiting to meet friends 
somebody somewhere. Now, this has happened to me quite a lot with a certain person <laughs> whose name I won't divulge as I sit in an airport um, with the uh, the clock ticking down to the departure of a flight and the person <laughs> in question not being there. <laughs> Do you recognise who I'm talking about? Uh, well, yeah. yes. Um, this, um, uh, dear listener, is a reference to the fact that Mick, probably like you, likes to get to an airport good and early. And I, well, often due to, to operational difficulties, which are way beyond my control, I sometimes don't. Um, so please don't be long. Please don't be very long. Please don't be long. Or I may be asleep. Um, yeah. Or, or indeed on the flight to Girona, um, uh, as the Beatles didn't quite sing. But there we are. They didn't, did they? I thought, but that was because they probably didn't really do trekking in the Pyrenees that much. Or if there is an undisclosed album, do please let us know. But Yeah, and um, trekking in the Hollywood Hills, by the way, is incredibly rewarding. It is fantastically uh, challenging terrain and absolutely uh, beautiful. And you're just high above this, this, uh, this haze of... Um, of los angeles so i would strongly recommend it um if you and you can obviously track down um uh blue jay way as well as wonderland drive close ah, by that, oh, that's very good which presumably is close to mulholland drive which is um one of my favorite films but anyway that is another matter um i would like to propose that the ballad of john and yoko uh actually includes the most uh, travel references in any yeah. Beatles song. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, okay, well, let's run through it. Um, so, standing in the dock at Southampton, trying to get yeah. to Holland or France. I mean, why you would be in the dock in Southampton trying to get to Holland um, is, is beyond me because, as far as I know, uh, yeah, apart from the old cruise ship, which you didn't have in 19, uh, in the late 1960s, that wouldn't have happened. Um, but then finally made the plane into Paris, which is confusing. Um, honeymooning down by the Seine, considering they hadn't even got married at this stage, as you find out um, in the next line, Peter Brown calls to say, you can make it okay. You can get married in Gibraltar near Spain, which conveniently rhymes with Seine nearly. <laughs> I think you're being a bit of a killjoy here. There's all kinds of clever stuff like standing in the dock at Southampton and you think, why is it in the dock rather than on the dock? Surely John was better at grammar than that. And you realise that actually what the song is about is about the uh, the general hammering he and Yoko were getting from the British press uh, and many uh, uh, Beatles fans about their relationship. Uh, would you care to comment well yes yeah. so so bear in mind um since it's almost nobody apart from you and i was around at the time um this was when uh john had uh, met uh, the uh, japanese artist yoko ono and they went off on a kind of cru peace crusade which baffled a lot of people who just wanted them or john lennon really just to be writing great songs and performing them thank you um but instead they they um, uh, founded a kind of cult called Bagism uh, and um, spent a lot of time ha having bed inns, including um, uh, the Amsterdam Hilton, which still trades upon this. And you can go and stay in the in the suite where where, where this happened. Um, and they also made a lightning trip to Vienna, eating chocolate cake in a bag. Um, and that didn't mean that the chocolate cake. 
appeared in a bag. It appears on a very nice plate. It's um, Saka Torta from the Saka Hotel. Now, that's a very good point. Uh, the last place your uh, Saka Torta would be would be in a bag. And even if you had it to take away from one of the uh, uh, many delicious cake shops in, uh, in Vienna, it would be in a beautifully crafted cardboard box of some kind so um, with a ribbon oh with yes. a ribbon absolutely but uh, i mean obviously one of the great things to do um, in 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 vienna even on a lightning trip but particularly in midwinter is to go into one of those wonderful warm cafes where the uh, where the locals uh, the local men anyway hang up those huge green coats i can't remember what they're called uh, on on uh, coat stands which are um, everywhere around and to um, tuck into a sack of torta and one of those uh, coffees which is uh, 90% quadruple cream my word what a treat <laughs> yes and but look uh, let, let's carry on with the 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 travel theme from that song um, almost at the end um caught the early plane back to london 50 acorns tied in a sack now if you are going through airport security at vienna um 50 acorns tied in a sack might raise some uh, eyebrows and indeed uh, <laughs> uh I, I, while there is no specific mention of them um it, it could well be that uh, you may have problems with that but talking of flying i mean the beatles with uh back in the ussr which begins with an engine a jet engine flew in from Miami Beach, B-O-A-C. Well, now, technically, they didn't fly in from Miami Beach. The airport is on the landward side of um, of, of the uh, uh, great Florida city. B-O-A-C, of course, no longer exists. It was wrapped into British Airways. Um, on the way, the paper bag was on my knee. That's not a reference to um, eating chocolate cake in a bag. It's Anyway, man, I had a dreadful flight. But then the USSR, the Soviet Union, um, they just name check everywhere. The Ukraine girls really knock me out. Moscow girls make me sing and shout. That Georgia's always on my mind, my, 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 mind. Uh, so I, I think that, uh, particularly at the time, you know, late 1960s, to be taken on a tour, a kind of in-tourist tour of, of, of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics was a, a great service to the world and it remains one of my absolute favourite Beatles songs. Is it perhaps one of the only successful uh, pop rock songs that includes the name of an airline? Can I challenge you to see if there's anything else you can come up with? Oh, oh, um I don't know of any, but however, we do have the most brilliant listeners. And so maybe they can come up with um, uh, some songs in which actual airlines are, uh, are, 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 um, are mentioned. Um, we'll also accept um, yeah, maybe uh, ferry companies, cruise lines, any transport operator, frankly, let us know. Um, just tweet us at you should have BT. Or indeed, of course, you can leave an audio message for us at uh, anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there. And we would love to hear from you. We certainly would. And uh, next week, we are going to continue our um, successful theme, uh, the modern travel heptathlon, I think we've decided on rather than pentathlon. 
And Tim Coxon uh, sent us a tweet with an idea for the Travel Olympics. How about India v Sri Lanka? Been to both of these fantastic countries, and India just shades it, in my opinion. Interested to hear your thoughts. Well, I think that would be a very, very good matchup, and it opens the door to a kind of sub-theme, really, of the Travel Olympics, which is the Travel Cricket International Series, um, which, of course, can um, replace the uh, the games that are cancelled due to COVID, and, um, and we can actually play them out. And we might even um, drill down and get uh, St Kitts against Nevis, for example, in, in the Caribbean. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> Well, before we get that, that would be a, a, a good one. Before we get that, maybe we pick up on an idea actually nominated by, in our last podcast, the great philosopher Emily Thomas, which is quite, quite a, uh, a mega duel. This is China versus oh, Japan. Oh, that is a heavyweight contest. Yeah. So, look, if you have other ideas for um, heptathlons, do let us know at You Should Have BT. Uh, For now, from me, Simon Calder. And me, Mick Webb. Goodbye. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.